Amen. And so uh, we've set aside the first Sunday of the month and uh, allowing our, our young men in that to come and minister. And uh, we're excited about that. And we have a lot of things. Yesterday, this weekend, there's a, a group of us here that we just had our second encounter weekend. And uh, it was an amazing time. Anybody there? That And uh, so before this service is out, you're going to hear some testimonies of what God did in some people's lives this weekend. And uh, I don't know how to uh, emphasize or encourage you in this area. And as I told the group uh, as we started Friday night, these encounters have become one of the, the most, uh, I guess, dear things to me in watching what God is doing. And you can be saved a long time. And think you got everything under control until you have an encounter with God. And uh, it is just something amazing that God does in these sessions. And uh, especially by the time till we get to the session on forgiveness and release. And uh, you're going to hear some testimonies as we did, heard uh, last fall when we had our first one. And so we're excited about what God's done, but just doing great things. Amen. Not only in our community, but in our hearts and in our fellowship together. And uh, so we're excited. But Brother Eli, come on this morning. He's got a word for us. Welcome him as he comes. He's got 12 minutes. I'll talk fast. Did I turn this thing on? Am I on? Is it good? Good morning. So good to see you all. Uh, shake it off a little bit. I'm excited to be here today. I just want to let you guys know, some of you guys need to hear this this morning, but uh, you can't walk away. You, you can't, when God puts a call in your life, you can't forget about that call. You can turn from it, but you're never going to forget about it. When God puts something on your heart, when he speaks something inside of you, you're never going to forget that. You never will. You can turn and walk away from it. And uh, I just feel like God has been doing some amazing things um, in this church, in my heart, in your hearts, the Holy Spirit is just like rocking this place out. I don't know. It's Whoa. just, it's heavy. And I want to thank Pastor for, uh, whew. I got I to gotta step back. I make fun of Sean because Sean comes up here and gets emotional. But man, when you get up here and you think about the things that God has done in my life and, and, and that he's used a man like Pastor to come up and say, be a man of God. Come up here, preach the word, and um, I'm just thankful for you, Pastor, and, and you talk about pastorhood, and I just want you to know you are my pastorhood, and, and I love you for that. All right. Whew. Um, um, uh, a couple of quick warnings. I, I'm going to get emotional. I, I, already, I can already feel it. Um, so just join with me in that, and I'll feel much better. Um, it's, I appreciate that. Um, I'm kind of a funny guy sometimes, so join with me in that, and we'll be good um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, Ariana says she loves it when I preach. I have these little bit of uh, ADD kicks where we'll be in the middle of it, and I'll be, <laughs> I'll be over here, and uh, she likes that. It gives you a chance to write notes, okay? <laughs> so when I'm start talking about that, oh, that light's twitching, no. So take those opportunities. When I started thinking about writing this message, I was, I was kind of at a loss. I said, God, what do I preach about? What can I possibly say that pastor hasn't already said? So, but God shows me, showed me all I need to do today is share my experience. I need to share what I know. See, nobody in this room can argue my experience. My experience isn't hearsay. It's not secondhand information. It's direct. It's a direct experience that I have with God. I wanted to come up here. I wanted to do pastor, but only pastor can do pastor. See, his messages are refined. They're aged. <laughs> that wasn't one of the funny parts, guys. <laughs> Bear with me. Do, do we have like that clap sign we could throw? <laughs> uh, a little quick story. So one time I moved out at my young age. I wanted it all. I wanted the best furniture. I wanted the best. <laughs> I wanted the. I wanted the, did we change my time? Do we? I wanted the best apartment. I wanted the best car at my young age. Do you think I waited for all of those things? Do you think I tried to go out and get them on my own? Yes. You guys been talking to my mom? 
I had to realize the hard way I needed to learn some things before I knew how to appreciate the finer things. And that God's word, see, some of us want the things of God before we go through the change. Some of us want the things of God before we go through the maturing process that allows us to handle the promises, the pulpit, the title. Some of us want these things right away, but we're not ready to dive into this right here. We're not ready to go through and find the promises. And I don't mean to be too serious, but I want you guys to think about that today as I talk, as we talk about having experience with God. You're going to hear some testimonies from some people today who decided to jump in with both feet. And when they looked in here and they realized the promises they had, they said, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. And once you accept those things, once you accept those things, you begin to see yourself as he sees you. Yeah, and when you see yourself as he sees you, let me tell you what, there's no stopping you now. There's no stopping you now. you got to walk in that. I'm reminded of the movie The Santa Claus. <laughs> as I stand up here today, I tried to walk away from the call. I did. I had it on me, but you know what? I knew that God had this in me. God had, I'd be spitting when I talk. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what's up? (laughs) Sorry, little Jesus coming out of me. But you can't walk away from those things. So with that said, I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to speak a message that that I'm, I know you're ready for. I'm going to walk this walk, and I'm going to bring God's word because he put it in my heart. I'm going to bring you my experience, and I'm going to encourage you guys to be the experience. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you today, Lord, for the opportunity to come up here and and just speak your truth, to speak your word, God. And I pray right now for every heart in this place, Lord, that they're prepared, God, that they walk through those doors, Lord, ready to be changed. God, and those that came in here today, God, not knowing why they walked through those doors, God, I thank you that you're going to put it on their heart right now. God, I pray you're going to speak to every life in here. And Holy Spirit, come this place. You're invited here today. Inhabit our presence. Teach us. Show us the way. Bring the knowledge in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. So the goal today, we need to go from being changed to being the change. See, there's a process, but we can't be the change until we've been changed. A crowd interaction works for me too. Okay? So you guys can follow along. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. How many are after God's will in this house today? I'm a man after God's will. And let me tell you what, the road gets bumpy. Not because he did that, but because I did that. Sometimes I take a couple of detours. The detours are not those nice paved ways. The road is narrow, Okay. But sometimes we, we kind of step outside of that. See, step one, being the change sounds so simple. I'm changed. You think all we have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and boom, you're changed. Sure you are, but not so fast. Not so fast. It's just step one. That's just walking in the door. See, once you get in the door and you get into God's presence, you can't help but be changed. There's a process, and now we can walk away. But today I'm here to encourage you guys to fight the fight, to stand strong, to be God's feet, his hands in this earth. See, while accepting Jesus Christ is a huge part of it, we have to remember God has given us free will. He's given us the power to love, to follow, and to change. Accepting Christ was just step one for me. But it was after I made that decision that God began to reveal to me the things that I needed to change. Being changed comes with an experience, an encounter with God. Some of you guys had an encounter this weekend with God. Some of you in here might already been changed, but maybe you've allowed somebody to argue that experience. Maybe you've allowed somebody to tell you you didn't have that experience. See, I see that so many times. I know what happened for me when God came and slammed me. And I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. And when I say slammed, I was slammed. I I encountered God. I can tell you that right now. You can't argue that. And I remember on my way home looking at my wife going, did that happen to you? Did you feel that? Because that was kind of crazy. Because I knew when I walked up here, and I don't recommend this, I walked up here with a test in my heart. I walked up here going, I got nothing left, God. I have nothing left. I need you to touch me today. And I walked up here, and he, he slammed me. And when he did that, there was something different. Nobody can argue that experience. You can't let someone argue the experience that you've had with God. Because that's what's happening. That seed's getting sown in your heart. 
people begin to tell you, are you sure it wasn't just emotions? Let me tell you right now, God doesn't want your emotions. God doesn't want your emotions. He wants your commitment. Okay, because your emotions aren't going to get you very far. I'll tell you that right now. When I wake up in the morning, I don't feel like going to work. That's my emotions. But what do I do? I get up and go to work. Some of you today might not feel like fighting this fight. But what you got to do is get up and fight the fight. Get your emotions out of the equation. This isn't about feelings. If it's about feelings, some days you're going to get them hurt. And when we get them hurt, we begin to close up. We get Never mind. Yes, be the change. See, change sometimes is a very difficult word to swallow. Some of us love it, some of us can't stand it, and most of us fight it. There's a change. It's a verb and a noun. Real quick, change is to become or make different, to substitute or replace something, to remove and replace something. Some of us in this room need to remove some things and replace it with the things of God today. Change the noun is making or becoming different, exchange or replacement. Fresh set of something. That's not even God's word. That's in the Webster's Dictionary. Fresh set of something. See, even Webster's Dictionary knows that the word of God is true. They've changed some things. Well, I want to talk about what that dictionary looked 50 years ago. My mother-in-law found one 50 years ago, a whole paragraph on the Bible. You think that's in there now? This world's changing, guys, and we need to be the change in this world. See, the change and the experience with God go together. When we experience God, we experience his love. When we experience his love, we experience his presence and his grace. We can't help but change. When I walk away from an encounter with God, I can't help but be different. See, you have the son of the living God inside of you. And I heard this about a month ago. We have to wrap our minds around the fact that we have the son of the living God. Let me, let me, I heard this. I want you guys to get this. There's going to be a day we're going to be in heaven. And Moses is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be this. Let's rock on. But Moses is going to be there. I'm gonna, we're going to go up to Moses and say, Moses, what was it like? Parting the sea. What was it? Moses is going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't worry about that. What was it like having the son of the living God living inside of you? That's what Moses is going to say. That's where you need to wrap your mind around. You have the son of the living God living inside of you. See, there will be a day, I just said that. See, God wants you to accept him, to love him, to be changed by him. That wasn't a funny part. And be, it was. And be changed with him. See, he lives inside of you and you are planted in the kingdom of God. You have to have the perspective. You have to have that focus. See, some of you saying, if I'm planted in the king of God, then why am I going through this right now? Glad you asked. Let's turn right now to Luke chapter 13, verse number 8. I want you to know, and Pastor would be proud, I am low-tech today. I have the... Don't get me wrong, I love that high-tech stuff, but let me tell you what, the devil would probably be jacking, I'd be tweaking out, my thing would lock up, and I'd be be crazy. I'm going to go with the words of wisdom on this. (laughs) One voice, that's right, there's only one voice. One voice. All right, so uh, where was I going? Luke 13. It was pastor's voice. I had a couple of voices. Luke 13, verse number 8 says, But he answered and said to them, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. We're talking, and this is the parable of the... uh, of the fig tree, you had the, the owner of the land wants to just pull the tree, and the, the tender of the land says, just leave it and let me fertilize it. Let me fertilize. See, maybe what stinks in your life right now is just a little fertilizer planted around the tree. Maybe, maybe what you think stinks right now is the very thing that's going to change your life and bring forth the fruit. It's about perspective. See, when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror some days, we say, man, I, uh, I'm just having a bad day. I don't feel good. Today just stinks. And then the next day you get up and you look in the mirror and you see, man, today's a great day. I feel fantastic. What changed between those two days? Your perspective. You need to have God's perspective when you're looking at life. There are going to be some stinky days, but let me tell you what, I'm going to allow that to bring the nutrients of life and help me grow and become something 
that God sees in me, to change me to be the way that God sees me. See, because the goal is not just for me to change. The goal is for me to be the change. See, we have to go out and be the change. And that's why I'm excited about these young people this week. They're getting ready to go out and be the change in this community. Next page. Now, don't get me wrong. When we're talking about the experience, when you have an experience with God, you have to do something with it. Okay? It can't be about going from experience to experience. It has to, be, it has to be about going from having the experience to bringing the experience. Okay? You guys need to hear that. We have to have the experience, but then we need to bring that experience. That's part of this, guys. We're here because we're here to build the kingdom of God. We're here to be the hands and feet in the earth. We're the light. See, where the light is, the darkness cannot exist. So if I'm walking in his light... I'm not, I don't care. Pastor talked about last week. He's walking into the, the hospital. He's a light going. No darkness is going to exist around. There's no disease that can come on, to, come on to him. As I'm walking through these streets, I'm not, I'm not fearful. We are walking in skid row. Do you think there was a fear in us? Oh, there started to be. But <laughs> it's, a, it's a different fear. Let me tell you what, though. It was very reduced. Okay. I think it was the guy with the squirt gun we were a little fearful of. But you have, we have, as, as adults, as leaders, we've got 30 kids we're walking down skid row, okay? You know why? Because we had the power of God all over us. We walked through that place with the power of God, and we saw lives changed. I can't tell you how awesome it was to see some of these kids walk up. They didn't care who you were. They didn't care who. They walk up, and they'd lay hands on you, and they're praying on you. And that's the boldness that we need to have when we walk on these streets. We need to fill, this, fill these houses Fill these houses. Am I past eight minutes? Okay. <laughs> Luke seven forty six. Flip a couple pages to the left. I can't wait to hear your guys' testimonies today. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I love hearing what God does. And I'm glad you're excited because I'm excited. I love when God's just working in people. And I love seeing lives change. I just begin to think about what God did for me. And some of you need to think about what God did for you. And some of us might need to remember that. Maybe it's been a little while since you've had an experience with God. Maybe it's been a, some time since you've, you've sat down and you've said, God, let me just hear your voice. Let me just hear what you have to say to me. I promise you, he'll talk. He'll speak to you. Oh, Luke seven forty six. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? 47. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and, my Bible says, does them. Whoever hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But how do I know when God's talking to me? See, God's word says we need to hear it and do it. How do I know when God's talking to me? First, you need to ask yourself today, are you listening? Are you listening when God speaks to you? The Bible says when God speaks to you, let me tell you a little story about when God was speaking. Your heart will burn. Luke 24, verse 32. I'll go there real quick. Luke 24, verse 32. See, this is leading up to uh, Jesus had been discovered missing from the tomb, right? Two men were traveling to Emmaus from uh, from Jerusalem when Jesus appeared to the road to them. And they didn't know it was him because their eyes were covered. Now, I don't believe that their eyes were, were covered, covered. I believe they could still see, okay, because they're, they're walking. And, um, but I, I believe there was a spiritual covering that came over their eyes. And when they arrived in the city, they asked Jesus, not knowing it was him, to abide with them. And Jesus came in. In verse 30, they broke bread, and their eyes were open. And uh, today, as, I was, as we were doing communion, I, I believe today, with, when Brother Wayne was, was doing that, that communion. I believe that when we broke bread this morning, I believe some of your eyes were open today to God and the, and the things that he's done for us. See, it says the eyes were opening 
And the men begin to think. And they go, wait a second. Okay, so, yeah, that makes sense. And they saw it was Jesus. See, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked to us and shared scripture with us? Let me tell you right now, when you hear the word of God, your heart will burn. When you read this book, there's just something about, I get excited when I read this. I do because I read this and it's kind of funny because normally I'm by myself. And when I read it, I just, oh my gosh, there's, there's nobody here. <laughs> but it's, oh, that was for me. That was for me. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, there's nobody here. But God will bring this book to life in your hands. There are amazing revelations in this thing. And it, it, it just excites me. Cause, but why do we have such a hard time reading it? I, I think about that some. Why do you think it is that we have such a hard time picking this book up and reading it? It has so many amazing things in it. Which voice are you listening to? There's so many amazing things in it. We need to... We need to press into this because this presses into here. And when it presses into here, we can press out there. Amen? That was not an ADD kick. <laughs> See, sometimes we, too, ooh, sometimes we put too much on it. And I want to say this right way. We have to be careful. We have to be careful that we're not just coming to a, surface, a service where a prophet is speaking, saying, please give me a word. And I want to say this right. See, the prophet will bring the confirmation. But we can't be hushing the voice of God in an attempt to get another word. See, God's already given you the word. And I'm, and I'm speaking out of experience, so don't get me wrong. There have been times I know God has specifically spoken a word into my heart. And what I'll do is I'll question that word. And I'll come to a service where there's a, there's a prophet and just going, oh, okay, come on, bring that same word to me. But God says, I've already given it to you. I've already given you the word. And some of us need to hear that today. He's already given you the word. See, I'm standing here today because I had an experience and an encounter with God. It didn't come easy. It took a lot of prayer. It's the emotional part. But that prayer didn't come from me. That prayer came from the people around me. It came from family, loved ones, and people I probably will never meet. Those of you out there praying for people right now, I want you to know this, that people may mock your words, they may mock your messages, but they are helpless against your prayers. See, I was at my end when I had my first experience with God. My marriage was over. And I stand here today with a beautiful wife and four kids that may never have happened. But I had an encounter with God. I had an experience with God. My life was a mess. I came here and I walked at this altar right here, sat right there. And I walked to this altar. And I came up and I said, God, if this is real, give it to me. I don't recommend you saying that. <laughs> I really don't. Because he's going to give it to you. And I came up here and God touched my life and on... I sat here and I was, my wife was in the parking lot unbeknownst to me. If it had, I tell people it had to been a Sunday, I'd have been in a courthouse on Monday. And I sat here and I had an experience, an encounter that no one will ever argue. And I sat up here and I cried out to God. I said, God, you've touched me but my wife. And I watched the, the pastor that night literally jump two pews, stepped right over him and went right over to my wife. Because the Spirit of God, 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 does, God finishes it, okay? He will finish it, okay? He's, he doesn't do things halfway. He doesn't save you halfway. He doesn't fix you halfway. He doesn't halfway heal you. He doesn't halfway do anything. My God will do everything, and he does it in his perfect grace. And he saved my marriage that day. And he put something in my heart that nobody can ever argue some of you here today, you're at the end. I was at my end. But see, God says, no, you're not at the end. You're at my beginning. Yeah. Some of you say, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't. He says, you don't have to. I already did. 
That's my God. You don't have to do it. He already did. Think about it. Your worst day does not compare to the bloody and broken body of our God. It does not even come close. How can I even, how can I even begin to complain? How can I even begin? But you know what he says? He says, cast your burdens on me. The God who sent his son to die for my sins was willing to take the smallest of things, the smallest of burdens, and take them on himself. What an amazing God. I want you to know today is your opportunity. Today you guys have the opportunity to change. But more importantly, you have the opportunity to be the change. And I'm excited right now to hear testimony of the people that have had an encounter with God this weekend. And I just want to encourage each and every single one of you today to know who this God is and to have his perspective and to allow him to speak to your heart and allow him to change you because I stand here today changed. Nothing more powerful than the testimony of a life changed. Lots of opinions, lots of ideas, and lots of viewpoints out in the world, but nothing can argue with the testimony. Amen? And uh, in the next few moments, I must, Bill, if you'd just come back to the keyboard, if you would, please, sir. And uh, it... Over the years of pastoring, you uh, you have the privilege of getting to be a part of people's life and their experience with God. And that's awesome. It's exciting. But then sometimes with people, you see that they come in and they have an encounter with God. They have an experience with God. But something happens. And somehow they... They kind of made it, but for whatever reason, for lack of a better term, it seems like it didn't stick. You think, well, how can we get this thing where it sticks? Where it really works the way the Bible says, like Eli so did such a great job preaching that the change actually becomes a real life experience and we live it out and we have that testimony to go with it. So over the years, we've tried a lot of things, but we found last year and started our journey program that really walks us through coming to the cross what it means to come to the cross and as Eli said he came that night God if this is you and he came to the cross and God met him there and he experienced that forgiveness but once we get there we most of us usually come with just a little bit of baggage have some stuff and so you come and so then how do I let that go how do I process through my past and my pain and get through to live in the victory as brother Wayne shared so graciously that Jesus purchased for us at Calvary how do I get that and God invites us to come away with him and have an encounter with him so our encounter weekend is just that. It's a weekend where we walk people through the cross. We've come to the cross. Now we're going to walk through the cross and actually cross over to the other side and leaving our past behind. And we end on Saturday night. We go Friday night, all day Saturday. It's a marathon. And... Uh, we started yesterday morning at 8.30 and we left last night at almost 9 o'clock of just nonstop. And it is. It's, it's intense. But in the process, it's a healing, it's a cleansing, it's an exposure, it's a, it's a freedom. And then this morning we had church again at 8.30 and we just came in and said, God, now fill us 
we're empty, we're clean, and you can fill us. But on Friday night, we made just a little illustration. We have a cross with the door behind it. And we fill out a profile, and then we shove a nail through that, signifying that Jesus nailed our sin to the cross. Everything that was against us, Colossians 2.14 says, the handwriting of transgression and ordinance that was against you was nailed to his cross. And so we drive that nail through that. And then as we come up, we're just worshiping God, and we come up, and as he releases us, we walk up and we have a trash can there, and we throw that old profile of who we were in that can. We walk through that door, and the reality of closing the door on your past it it seems so simple how could you walk through a door but sometimes just that that point of contact thing that we do just ignites something or triggers something or releases something and you go back and worship Jesus son I'm really free we share how Jacob came back after being gone and he comes to meet coming back to his home and with his family and the blessing that God had given him. His brother comes out to meet him. Esau, the Bible says that he comes with 400 horsemen riding with him. And I share with the group there that we come back and God's redeeming us from our past and restoring us. But it seems like your past comes riding with 400 voices of accusation. And you can never get away from reminders. But Jacob, before he met Esau, he had an encounter with God. And God changed him and said, that's not you. And it's that place where he wrestled with God. And and in his strength, he wrestled until God touched him and took away his strength. And all that was left was his ability to grab hold of God and hold on until God blessed him. And that's when he walked out and met his brother. And I'm going to invite those, if, those of you that have a testimony, if you just come stand right over against that wall, I'm going to have you come up one at a time. Everybody that has a testimony from this weekend, come right over here. So powerful what God did. And Pastor, why do we do this? Because the Bible says that we overcome the enemy. By the blood of the Lamb. Somebody say, thank God for the blood. And then by the word of our testimony. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, Brenda. Wow. Uh, my name is Brenda. Amazing, amazing weekend. Major encounter with God. Um, many things, many things. But the main thing was... I was assaulted three years ago by a doctor. He ended up committing suicide. And I, for the last three years, got very comfortable in the pain and felt guilt and shame because he had committed suicide and I turned him in for his assault. And I felt I was responsible for his death. But I've come to realize through this weekend that it wasn't my guilt. He did what he did. And I was able to have everybody pray with me and break that tie. <laughs> and, and the doctors told me I had post-traumatic stress disorder for the last three years. And I, I've sat in that. It was comfortable. Comfortable. Pain was comfortable. Definitely. And the, the anti-anxiety pills, they were great. But last night as I drove home, (laughs) I don't have to take those pills anymore. And I love this church, and I just love this man of God and everybody that's been here this weekend sharing. We were able to just really share and become so vulnerable with each other we were crying and hugging it's awesome if you ever do it do it do it do it do it do it 
do it. And that's just a little bit of my testimony. Thank you. God is awesome. This guy here is awesome. Last time there was an encounter, I wanted to come, but I couldn't. This time, Satan kept me away, or tried to. He took my finances. He said, oh, it's not that much. You're saved. There's nothing wrong. And Pastor Don would take no for an answer. So he got my wife and I both to come. Wasn't supposed to be two, but he said, okay. And then I started praying and everything. And like he said, you come to the cross. And then there's a profile. And, you know, you really think you are saved. And then all of a sudden you start checking out this profile and like, oh, Lord, what is wrong with me? There are so many things that I was hindering 40 years ago. A lot of things happened. I'm not going to say what. Pastor knows. God knows. But that's, that's all it takes. And he, he totally cleansed my heart completely and made it whole. So if anybody... Go to it. It's awesome. Wow. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been saved before for a long time, and um, I've been back and forth. You know, I've been the one whose back is slidden. I've been to school ministry and backslid. And you know, this weekend, God showed me things that I didn't even know I had in me. My whole life, I didn't know who my father was. And real recently, I found out the reason I never knew was because my mom was gang raped. And so, you know, I've lived with something inside of me that I never really knew what it was. And I was searching for a dad. And I've always been searching for men. And I've always picked the wrong kind. Or they were always drawn to me. And Friday at service, when we started worshiping, I just lifted up my hands. I didn't know what I was there for. But I seen this seed pop out of my soul. And later on during this service, God showed me that he is the father to the fatherless. He is the husband to the husbandless. He is the lover to the unloved. And he is the friend to the friendless. And you know, he's now the comforter of my soul. And I now know that I don't have to go searching for anything. he's delivered me from addictions and everything else but now it's not about me it's about what he has for me to give those who are lost and that's the true thing that I got out of it is it's not about me anymore morning. Um, I really didn't want to come up here and share my testimony, but I, I feel I have to. I owed it to my wife. And this is not my first encounter with God. Um, I was a Christian since I was 14, born again, received God. I went to Christian high school. I uh, got my girlfriend pregnant in high school, and I wasn't worthy for God. My sin is out in the open. And I encountered God in my bedroom. He pushed me out of bed, physically pushed me out of bed. Now, I didn't see his hand, but I was pushed out of bed. And I encountered God then. What are you thinking? My grace is sufficient for you. It doesn't matter what you do. My grace is overflowing and it's sufficient. So I went through life and we continue to sin. I mean, we all sin and just as long as we don't live in it. I mean, God's grace is sufficient. And then um, I went through a divorce. A lot of pain. A lot of pain. And I just, I, it's not the unforgivable sin. I knew that. But I just felt like I'm not worthy anymore. 
and remarried to a wonderful lady. What a wonderful heart, wonderful spirit. But when there was arguments or something, the pain would return, and I would take it out on her. I would chop her down at the knees over and over. And that's not how you're supposed to treat me. That's not what I want. That's not what we're married for. That's not how we're supposed to live. And I would get bitter, and I would judge. And I didn't think I would judge. Um, and then one of the teachers shared a story about the, the man who was forgiven his debts. They owed the king a bunch of money. He was forgiven his debts. So he was happy. He goes out, and someone owed him little, and he wanted to collect the debts. And I thought, well, I, I mean, I've forgiven people of money and stuff, and I know that story, and I'm good there. I, I don't need that part. And I realized, God said, that's you, Andrew. You're that man, I'm telling you right now. You're that man. You're collecting from her. You want her. You're collecting that pain. You're collecting the debt of all the pain of your past. You're collecting from her. And the unforgiven, if we don't forgive like like Christ forgives us, it just builds up and weighs us down. And honey, I forgive you. For me, for us. And we, have, we don't have to lead by judging. We just lead by Christ's example. Just be humble and meek. And he's been telling me that for a while, but really now it's just love her like Jesus loves you. And walking through that door, pastor said, come up when you're ready. And I was ready, but I wasn't ready. I mean, I knew God forgave me my sin, but it was me forgetting it and forgiving myself and to walk through that door and just finally just shed it off I mean just like let go Satan let go of me let go and you come out and you close the door and just it's zero zero again it's zero zero again up here (laughs) okay most of you guys know my past where I come from my whole life I had no family raised in foster care got into some trouble as a teen was supposed to be sent to Oregon into a group home God opened a place here in Placerville County so that I can be placed I met uh, the Turners and uh, Patty brought me here when I was 14 I didn't want anything to do with God I just wanted to get out of the place I um, got saved at 15 over at Donnie Moore's camp and met my sister Samantha Turner God gave me a family Mike and Paula Lee got adopted at 17 and a half that's just a little bit of it (laughs) Um, been here since Went through the Christian school and everything, and then um, 19, decided to walk my own walk, thinking I had it under control. God has a different plan for each and every one of us, and when God wants you to know you're not walking the path, he makes it nice and clear. (laughs) I was, um, when I was adopted, I was renamed Jordan. Jordan, as most of you guys know, is from the Bible. It's um, it's a crossover. It's a new beginning. Like God renamed Jacob Israel. And here I am. After experiencing this encounter, I've now realized my name means new beginning. It means a new start. And I was renamed Jordan for a reason. I'm not running from it anymore. 
I am standing, what God has want me to do. He wants me to go out, and he wants me to preach his word. And I don't know how, but I've been prophesied over and over, over the past years, and I've never understood it. Portia prophesied over me that she was God sending me to the desert. Didn't quite understand that. Moved to Texas, moved back, and I'm like, I still don't get it. Isaiah 58, verse 11 says, And the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy you in doubt in the places and make you strong, make your bones strong. You shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters not n- never fill. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the fountains of many generations, and you shall be called the repair of the breach. And I'm standing here because this is what I'm called to do. And my God moves mountains, and he is sure moving mine, and I'm running with it. And if you've been saved for practically your whole life, I say experience the encounter because it is ex- it's something that everybody needs to see. I'm no longer that little girl underneath hiding underneath that bed. God has found me, and I am happy to stay here and preach his word. Well, how long do I got? I didn't write anything. You're done. Okay. (laughs) So um, I'll make this short and sweet. Um, I usually don't come to these things. Um, I'm a pretty open and upfront kind of guy. When I don't like something, I don't like it, and I'll tell you. Well. Last week, Pastor, uh, when he was praying for people, they had circulation problems. He had an anger problem. And it was, you know, I didn't answer it, obviously, because I don't answer the altar calls if I don't mean it. You never see me up here, ever, um, if any of you watch me. <laughs> and so I told I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this, Pastor. And so, Pastor, on Tuesday night, play the organ, brother. So, Pastor, on Tuesday night is like, you never smile up there. You never smile on stage. You know, and, and uh, I'm just, I just had a lot of anger. So, um, come Saturday, Jen had a class uh, on unforgiveness. And I sat there for the hour, and I was like, this is great, Jen. I've heard this. I've been to school. I've been through school ministry, graduated, all that. I've been up here for 12 years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm part of the church here. You know, I, I'm a leader, I think. <laughs> and and uh, I've probably been to countless services here at this church. And when... when they had some altar call thing. I just sat there and everybody's, you know, dealing with the grievances and everything. And I didn't, I knew in my head something was wrong. But in my heart, I, it was such a, I don't know what it was. And the only thing I can really explain is, is that God wants to uproot. God's not into cutting your weeds. He's, he's into uprooting things. And so I literally, I, I became extremely angry. And I really actually wanted to turn over all the chairs in there. That's how mad I was. I didn't know what it was. And, and, and the Holy Spirit just pulled this anger out of me. And um, I had a lot of anger towards my parents. I actually hated my parents. I love them as people. They're great people. I get along with them fine. But as parents, they just were not there. And, and, and um a lot of needy issues, uh, a lot of issues in my life that, that reflect on other relationships 
and, and I always had a lot of aggression in my life and I had no idea why and it was just because I had unforgiveness unknowingly suppressed you know we, we come in here raise our hands I did it for years and years and years and, and I just feel that God uprooted that and pulled that out so everybody so I wanted to go to the first encounter and couldn't and I wouldn't because Mike was teaching and I have always kept kind of my relationship with God a little more private than my husband um, and this time I was like I, I'm going 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 and, and set myself on it and lo and behold Mike was teaching and it didn't at first I was bothered and then it was like no, because it's really not Mike teaching. It really was God teaching through Mike. So I could, uh, had my guard up. I think everybody probably could agree Friday night was a little guarded because you're not sure what to expect. And we have these walls that we know we have. And if you press on these walls, we usually put it back in place. Um, and I have been saved for over 20 years. Um, I don't have addiction problems. I don't smoke. I stopped in a day when I was pregnant with Samantha. Um, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I, drugs make me crazy. I, I understand it, but I don't understand it. Um, but then we got our profiles, and, you know, we walk in victory as a Christian. We don't look back. We really don't look back. But then we got the profile and we looked at these things, and they were not just things that you're dealing with now. They were things in your past. And sometimes we get so comfortable with who we are now that we really don't look back at what God really did do for us. So the sins that I had committed, they're definitely under the blood. But then I took for granted that I was saved, and I became, you become a casual Christian. And you, there's that song going through the motions that speaks volumes. I don't want to go through the motions because we don't, we do church. We go to church on Sundays. We go to church on Tuesdays. We always have. We always do. And going through that profile, I got to see myself as I was so that I could reconnect with what he's done so that I could touch others what he will do for them. The other thing I got out I was, uh, and I didn't do anything about it, and I kind of talked to my girlfriend a little bit. Pastor had us uh, put a chair. So if you hear us say, go to the chair. The chair has a new meaning. Uh, he said if we ever had soul ties, and um, a soul tie, again, is anybody, when you have relationship sexual relationship with anyone, you're bound because God created us to have that intimacy with that one person. Um, I am, was divorced. I was married very young. Didn't have sex before I got married and married the man who I had sex with. Did everything right. Loved him with all my heart. Loved him with all my soul. Loved him the way you're supposed to give yourself to somebody. But in return, he was not the covering that God had wanted for me. And when pastors stood up, and mentioned these things and asked us to forgive that person. I'd forgiven him a million times, truly, to his face. And I was okay. And I was. But he wasn't who he was supposed to be to me. He didn't love me the way he, that God intended a husband to love a wife. He wasn't the covering to protect me 
He was the abuser. He was the accuser. He was the liar. He was the counterfeit to what God had for me. And so we divorced. I ran away. God saved me and he healed me and brought a new man into my life, brought my husband into my life. But with that still came that old hurt and that past and that, Mike kind of called it a hook. So you're in, but you're, you fight because you have to trust that that person really is gone and that you've forgiven him and not tied that to you, that you can willingly trust and give your all to that person. And I've been married for 21 years now. And I'd say over the past five that I have changed, that I choose him, that I choose him, that God covered me with him. And I am no longer bound, that I am fully given to him. tell you my name is Wendy Sager and that's important because I came to this encounter out of choice um, the first night like Paula said there was guards most of the day Saturday I spent there's so much pain in that room and I spent the entire day Saturday in all honesty broken for everyone in that room out of breath crying for everyone in that room truly heartbroken listening to the wailing that was going on for everyone in that room because there was so much pain you could feel it you could see it and it was genuine and I was I was good I, I really was I was fine and that's not a lie <laughs> I was standing back and praising God and and I was okay and then towards the end of the night we were going through the next session and it was said if you're sitting here and you're saying I'm good <laughs> you're not good <laughs> that struck a nerve and then I knew I was in trouble and uh, part of going through the 
series is, like Pastor said, going through the cross and going through that door. And we we watched, we read, sorry. We read about what Jesus went through, like Mr. Wayne read to you today. And then reading the words, we've all heard it. We've all read it. You probably have it all memorized, as do I. It's different. Then we watched The Passion, which maybe all of you have seen. I've seen it. I've seen it three times now. But it was different. (laughs) Because now it's an action. It's an action word. When you... We had to have that spike, like Pastor said, and we stuck that profile through it, and we had to walk up there and take it out of that paper, dump it in, and walk through that door. And that's an action. And in order for me to do that, (laughs) I had to physically do that. And if I did that, I couldn't lie in that action and, and say, I really mean I, I really mean that. I really mean that I'm forgiving this person. I really mean that I'm, you know, trusting in you, Lord. If I'm physically walking through that door, I really couldn't do it. And I wrestled for a long time. I couldn't do it. I was not good. And I fought. <laughs> but I will tell you, I did it. <laughs> And I, my biggest thing (laughs) was trust. Because you have no idea (laughs) what, you you just have no idea. (laughs) Just leave it at that. But it's okay, because I trust. Trust. Saturday when we deal with forgiveness we end that session and Jennifer prays as a as a mother and as a wife and asks for forgiveness and then I pray as a father and a husband and ask for forgiveness for the pain that we cause and many times we come to Christ because of pain in our past and in our lives and we need God to heal us and we know that those influences have caused us to make choices that get us into situations that we wish we would have never gone to it's kind of like the prodigal son he never thought he would be in a foreign land and eating pig slop but as you get to a place we've all been there I never thought I would do this I never thought I would partake of this but somehow our choices get to that place where we do things we never thought we would do 
And the easiest thing to do is to just let God touch that surface area of our life and never really heal the pain of our past. And I share that even for me, because I never let God really heal, even with my dad did it, caused me and how I was a father early with my children and so you try to make up for pain that you caused out of your pain that inflicted others that had nothing to do with your pain and it's not hard we could do this service I guarantee you right now I could have Jennifer come up here and pray. And I could pray. And we would wreck every one of you. Just because no life is exempt from life. And Jesus just simply came and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I'm asking you just to bow your heads for a moment. If you're here today,